Welcome to day five of our look together through John chapter 14 and daily drive time devotions. We're going to look at verses 22 to 31 today. We've been looking at 12 truths that Jesus talked about in this chapter about not letting your heart be troubled. Now, how do I know that this whole chapter is about not letting your heart be troubled? Well, we're going to see today that he ends the chapter the way he began it. At the end of this chapter, Jesus is going to say again, let not your heart be troubled. He began and he ended with these words, and in between, he he talked about the ways, the choices I can make to stop the troubled heart that happens in all of our lives. We started by talking about, in my father's house are many, many mansions, many rooms. We have a home. We started by talking about the fact that God is making a mansion for you in heaven. But as we come to the end of this chapter, there's something even greater than that. The 10th of our 12 truths about not letting your heart be troubled is this. When your heart is troubled, remember Remember that God is making a mansion of you. Listen to what Jesus said in response to a question in verses 22 to 24. Then Judas, not Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words that you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. There's a question from Judas at the beginning of these verses. Uh, There were two Judases in the disciples. There was Judas Iscariot, the traitor, who had already left the room to betray Jesus. But this is a different Judas. This is Judas, son of James. He's also known by the name of Thaddeus in some of the other Gospels. And he asked the question, are you going to show yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus Jesus answers not exactly the way he expected. He answers and he says, here's what I'm going to do in your life because you obey me. And he says, he says that not only is God making a mansion for us, as he talked about at the beginning of the chapter, but he's also making a mansion of us. It's interesting. The word for home, I will come to him and make our home with him in verse 23. It's the exact same word as the word for rooms or mansions. The Greek word monet, exact same word. He's making a home for us and he's making a home in us through his Holy Spirit. That declares us to be his, his mansion. While Jesus Christ is preparing a place for us, the Lord is also preparing us for that place. He's not only building for us a place in heaven, he is building character in us that fits that place in heaven. I talk about this, a place in heaven, him building a home in me. How does all that fit into my daily life? How do I make that huge truth, obeying God, him changing me, me looking forward to eternity. How does that huge truth fit into my daily life? Here's how it fits in. Jesus said in verse 23, if anyone loves me, that's where this starts. If anyone loves me, he's going to obey me. My father will love him. We'll make a home in him. We'll look forward to eternity with him. It starts with, it starts with if anyone loves me. I love how clear Jesus makes this. If anyone loves me, here's what happens. Let's make this simple. Jesus says, love me. You work on that, and I'll work on you. When your heart is troubled, remember that as you love him, God is making a mansion of you. Eleven of our twelve truths about a troubled heart. When your heart is troubled, when your heart is troubled, ask for a reminder. Verses 25 and 26. All of this, Jesus said, I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you will remind you of everything that I have said to you. Jesus did more than just write down 
what he has said to us, even have written down in his word what he has said to us. He also has provided for us his spirit who reminds us in our spirit, reminds us inside of our troubled hearts of what he has said to us. And that is better than any DVD, any CD, any tape, any way we could copy something down. These disciples, they remembered what Jesus said to them that night. How did they remember it? The Holy Spirit reminded them. So that you and I could today can remember what Jesus Christ has said to us and for us, and so that it can become real in our everyday lives. And if you're like me, you need to be reminded. I go through the day, and as well, as deeply as I know some of these truths about heaven, about hope, about God, I get in a troubled heart situation, and I just forget. And I need to say, Spirit, remind me of what is real right now. My feelings are not the most real thing in this situation. Remind me what is of what is real. You are real. Your help is real. Your hope is real. Your home is real. It's interesting here. A lot of people have questions when they see Jesus saying, and I will send the Spirit to do this for you. Does that mean that the Spirit somehow isn't here yet? We're going to learn a lot about the work of the Holy Spirit in these last chapters of John. And there's a reminder here. Remember that before Jesus... The Holy Spirit came upon people at certain times for certain tasks. The Holy Spirit did not permanently indwell or make his home in anyone. But after Jesus, on the day of Pentecost, something changed because Jesus came. The Spirit is sent into our lives as his church, as his believers, to permanently dwell, make his home in us. So there's not a moment of my day, there's not a moment of my life. He's already been sent where I can't depend on him and say, remind me of what's true. When your heart is troubled, what do you do? When your heart is troubled, truth number 12, trust Jesus' promise. Trust his promise of peace. John 14, 27 to 29, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you love me, you would be glad that I'm going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. And I told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not speak with you much longer, for the prince of this world is coming, and he has, he has no hold on me. But the world must learn that I love the Father, and that I do exactly what my Father has commanded. Come now, let us leave. And so when Jesus said that, they left the upper room. Jesus talks about a lot in these verses. He talks about the Father. He says, the Father is greater than I, and so you should be glad that I'm going to him. Remember, as we've seen in the book of John, greater than I does not mean that the Father and the Son are not equal. It means that Jesus submitted himself to the will of the Father while he was on this earth. And he says, we should be glad that he did that because it means our our salvation. He talks about the Father in these verses. Jesus talks about the prince of this world in these verses. Remember, the prince of this world is Satan. He's a prince because he has only temporary power. The moment the king shows up and demands his power, the prince is out of power. And Jesus says here, the prince of this world is coming. What does that mean? It means that the devil, Satan, is going to work through people, through Judas, through the leaders, through the people. He's going to work through people to send Jesus to the cross, thinking that he's going to gain a victory, but he is not. God's going to allow him a temporary sense of being able to accomplish his will, but in the end, it's God's will, as always, that's going to be accomplished. Satan's coming on the scene, Jesus says. 
He talks about the Father. He talks about the prince of this world. He talks about the world in these verses. He says, the world has to see that I love the Father. The world has to see that I'm willing to follow his command. Why? So that you and I will love the Father. Jesus exemplified for us. He exemplified for us what it means to love God out of the obedience of love. And he did that on the cross. These verses are about the Father, the prince of this world, the world around us. But these verses are also about you. That's how Jesus starts here. In the midst of this world where we're trying to figure everything out, Jesus says, peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you. And in fact, he says, it's a different kind of giving and it's a different kind of peace. It's a different kind of giving. Not as the world gives do I give to you, Jesus says. The world gives expecting something in return. Jesus Jesus gives because he loves you. The world gives expecting some promise back for you or with empty promises for you that seldom deliver. Jesus' promises always deliver in our lives. Every time. You can trust his promise. Trust in God. Trust also in me. It's a different kind of giving. And it's a different kind of peace. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. The world's brand of peace, it's usually escapism. Peace means I get on some deserted beach somewhere all by myself, and then I'm at peace because there's no problems around me. Well, if that's where you have to be to find peace, most of us are going to live most of our lives without peace. Jesus is talking about a kind of peace that can be in your heart even in the midst of the turmoils and the struggles and the problems of life. We, We think of peace as absence of noise, and Jesus is saying, no, peace is presence of my purpose in the midst of everything that's going on in your life. We think of peace sometimes as emptiness, nothing going on. And Jesus is saying, no, peace is fullness of life. Even when your heart is troubled, you can turn to me and you can find peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. We've talked this week about 12 things Jesus taught us about not letting our heart be troubled. As we talk to Jesus in prayer today, I'd like, just in a time of prayer, I'd like to remind myself, I'd like us to remind ourselves of what those 12 things are. Jesus, thank you. We thank you for what you teach us in this chapter about what to do when our heart is troubled, about how to not let our heart be troubled. First, you teach us to think about home. And second, you teach us to do something that you would have done. And third, you teach us to ask in your name. And fourth, you teach us to love God and obey God. And fifth, you teach us to cry out to your spirit for help. And sixth, you teach us to remember that we are not alone. Seventh, you teach us to remember that we're alive. Eighth, you teach us to remember that we are in Christ. And ninth, you teach us to remember that we are loved. Tenth, you teach us to remember that God is making a mansion of us. Eleventh, you teach us to ask for a reminder. And twelfth, you teach us to trust your promise. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Jesus Christ, when my heart is troubled, just pray this to him. When my heart is troubled, help me to turn to you. And instead of my strategy for not letting my heart be troubled, I pray that something new would begin to happen in my life. Help me to trust your truth. Help me to lean on you. Let not my heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in Christ. I trust you in this moment, Jesus. In your name, amen.
Well, make sure to join us next week. We're going to be looking together at John chapter 15. These are incredible chapters to me. Chapter 14 is more awesome than chapter 13, and in many ways, chapter 15 is more awesome than chapter 14. They build on each other with God's truth for our daily lives. I'll see you next week. 